Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Gene Williams, I could get used to this. What, what are, I mean, is this three post-game shows in a row after a victory? All right, all right. I heard the guys. I couldn't believe it was true. I don't know if you saw the during the ACC network broadcast. They said it's the only ACC team ever to start zero and four to win three in a row. I I was surprised to hear that stat, but I mean that's something. That's a positive stat in Florida State's favor. So yeah. so be it. But yeah, no, this def, definitely beats it. I was I was talking to our Terry, who's our call screener. No, this reminds me of most of the ACC games in the '90s. It was it was relaxing, it was fun. You get out to a huge lead, and you just kind of coast, and you get to see the backups coming and play in the second half. Man, it's good times. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. This this is the kind. Yeah, I remember these games. You know, towards the end of my time in college, certainly when I was growing up, this is this was a throwback. And and Gene was also a throwback because the game was done in about oh three hours and five minutes. That's nice. I, uh, yeah, I had to rush home to make sure he could make the post game show because that, <laughs> that second half just flew by. Yeah, it sure did. Uh, as you can tell, we are live right now. This is the Warchant.com postgame call-in show presented by our friends at Team Paper. He is Gene Williams, the founder and administrator of Warchant.com. My name is Tom Lang. I am the DOC, the director of original content at Warchant.com. And this is a show that's all about you, everybody. You see that number at the bottom, 850-805-5911. Your reactions. I, I don't know that today is one of those days where we're going to go for two hours in the postgame show, but we're certainly going to give you uh, our thoughts on the game. Uh, a couple of extra bells and whistles this week, Gene, yes. that will uh, break out in just a moment. Uh, but if you haven't done so already, everybody, it's been a good day so far. You've got a lot of football ahead of you. The weather's beautiful in Tallahassee. Hopefully it is where you are, too. Hit the like button right underneath Gene if you're watching on YouTube. There's a thumbs up. Just mash that sucker. And if you haven't subscribed to our channel yet, please do so. Because every time you do, you'll be alerted if you hit the bell right next to the subscribe button. We go live with live shows every day, 1 to 3 p.m. We've got the Jeff Cameron Show, Seminole Headlines. we got Trench Talk with Devontae Love-Taylor on Monday nights. We've got pregame shows, postgame shows, videos galore. Thank you for your support. Every time you help us, we find more Knowles who are looking for great content. So, Gene, I now throw to you. It's 59-3 to is the final. It's an easy, breezy, beautiful kind of win. Your thoughts about uh, what you saw today, especially, I guess, in that first half, right? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it was it was what we hoped for, what we expected, and it's nice for things to go status quo when there's limited. I, I cringed a couple times when Jordan Travis ran, ran, and I'm like, man, just go out of bounds. Don't take a hit. 
because we don't need you to necessarily have huge runs in this game. So that was that was encouraging. I was a little worried when we you know had an offensive lineman go down, but he came back in. I don't know. And now you may be able to tell this, Tom. And I was a little confused about Gibbons. Did he did he started he not playing the game? Because to me, he's your most important offensive lineman. You're going to need him. So to me, that was the biggest take. What's going with the offensive line help to be healthy for Clemson? Yep, uh, Gene. Unfortunately. Just by the looks of it, I, I don't think it's great news. Dylan Gibbons mm. did start this game. He did start the game. He was there for the touchdown drive. Yeah. Uh, on the field goal drive, this is the play. If Once this whole game gets released or if you have it on your DVR, folks, it's around the 640 mark in the first quarter. It's a first and 10 just after Jordan Travis hits Pokey Wilson on the corner. Dylan Gibbons gets rolled up on in his right leg. Now, he stayed out and continued for the drive, but you could see 75 was all over the place. When Jordan scores the first touchdown of the game, he runs up to Jordan, celebrates with him. He's usually down the field, moving on to the next play. He's he's very active. He's one of those linemen who doesn't drag. He kind of keeps going. You could tell, Gene, after that first down play, uh, before they completed the drive and kicked the field goal to go up uh, 10, 10 to 3, I guess it was at the time, he was in serious discomfort. That, so that's, that's where I was worried about that. I thought he was in there and he went out. I didn't see the play. That's a shame because he has been. Now I get and now again a little self promotion. So Sunday mornings we run the Pro Football Focus uh, grades, so you get to see all the various players and how an independent third party rates all the different players. We give you the highs and the lows and the units who did well, who didn't. But I tell you, the most consistent offensive lineman all season has been Dylan Gibbons. He has been fantastic both in run. Run blocking, pass blocking, he's been the most consistent lineman. So, man, we hope for the best for Dylan Gibbons. That That is disappointing because you got a tough slate of games. You really need your best lineman to play well. Oh, you do. There, there is no doubt. And, uh, Joshua, we appreciate the contribution. Mm-hmm. And that answers half your question. I think the other half of the question was answered in that Brady Scott yeah. faced Dylan Gibbons and not DLT. I think that tells you all you need to know about where DLT was for today. Now, yeah. hopefully he's good to go next week. The broadcast even said at one point that he wasn't available, but that was late into the second half. So I don't know if they were just speculating or they were told something. Sometimes ESPN and the uh, the guys on the call get a little bit extra information from the coaching staff. But it speaks volumes that when your best guard goes down and DLT is not available, that he's not on the field. So Brady Scott did come in. He played left guard. Brady Scott also played left tackle in this game briefly when Darius Washington went down with an injury. Darius appeared to be fine. And, and came that, back, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Zane Herring ended up playing left guard for a few plays next to Brady Scott on the left side of that line. So, yeah, th- there's a lot to unpack there, Joshua. Uh, I'm not like Brady Scott's not going to get to the point where Dylan Gibbons will when you're pulling him left and right. Uh, so we really need 75 back next week. But we appreciate your contribution, Ingvar. He's oh out. my gosh! Yeah, Thank yeah, you, well, In- Ingvar. Yeah, In- <laughs> thank you for wow. the contribution from St. Petersburg, Russia. I grew up just across the bay from St. Petersburg, Florida. So from St. Pete to St. Pete, thanks for yes. checking in. We are worldwide here on the Warchant.com. That's post. awesome, man. Thank you so much. And another group to thank. We have to thank our friends at yes. TeamPaper.com, who bring you this postgame show all season long. Let me get, get rid of that crawl so they can see everything that is to do with the Tallahassee bundle and the special. There we go. What is Team Paper? If you haven't watched the post-game show, well, let me give you a quick education. It's a website created in the era of NILs to connect you to more of your favorite athletes like those here in Tallahassee. TeamPaper.com, you'll find videos made by your favorite players for you, the fans. You learn their personal backstories, your motivational tips, and more, all through videos that make up a digital yearbook of sorts. Support FSU athletes directly by buying this yearbook that they have created for you. 
TeamPaper.com, 80% of every dollar, 80 cents on the dollar goes right to the players, spread out evenly when you buy the Tallahassee bundle. And the cool thing is they're expanding, everybody. They're not contracting. They're expanding. We've been telling you about football all season long, but softball and basketball elements oh, yes. paper.com are on the way. So head to TeamPaper.com right now in a different tab and use code WARCHAN at checkout to save $10 on the Tallahassee bundle. Once again, our thanks to our friends at Team Paper. And yeah, that's the thing. We always wanted people want. Hey, we want to support the pay, the players. And now it's the NIL. It's a legal way to do it. You, you're a Florida State fan. You want to help these guys. What I like about Team Paper is not just the star players or other players in there that are important cogs to Florida State. You get to support them. You get some background stories you're not going to get anywhere else on these guys and videos. It's a really cool way to support the team. Vishal, we thank oh, you so much. Hey, man. May, is he a pillar yet, Gene? Because I, I don't, you know. I think he, uh, you know, I, Aslan is the pillar keeper. Okay. But, right. you know, for the wake up war champ. But I got to say, he's put himself in the conversation to be pillar worthy. So that pillar, if you ever watch the wake up war champ live show on Wednesday nights here on War Champ TV, there's a pillar sitting there. And all the people who are established pillars sign. I'm thinking we may need, to, may need to add to that here in the new future. I think so. We appreciate your support as yes. always. Michelle, you've supported us during the Cameron mm-hmm. show this week. Uh, thank you so much. And it yeah. was a great day, a beautiful day at Doe Campbell Stadium. I had some family in town. They enjoyed their time there. It is just, it's the fall. It feels like the fall. Maybe a, a tad warm, but it is a, it'll be a gorgeous evening here in Tallahassee. And- we'll take it. No rain. It, was, it wasn't in the 90s, so it was in the low right. 80s. We'll take that. And, you know, all these people supporting us on War Chant TV by subscribing, by making these generous tips. Yep. You know, Tom, we're able to, we want to do is not pocket always the some of the money. We do some of it, but we also like to reinvest. That's right. And that's that's my little segue, and I'm going to pass right. it over to you. So all the support, all you people watching, you Florida State fans, what can we do to make their experience even better, Tom? What we can do is talk to our friends at the ACC and come to an agreement with yes. uh, some of said funds and repurpose them in order to get some video highlights. So yeah. I'm about to pull it up, folks. We get a, a limited amount of highlights that we choose, and it's kind of a triage process. There's a chat that goes on behind the scenes, an editorial chat of what we're going to use for different things. But the good news is you can expect for every football game not named Florida for the rest of the season, ACC rights, not SEC rights. Stay with me there. We're going to have video highlights that we use across all of our shows. So if you haven't subscribed yet, here's another reason. We went out, Gene helped shell out to make it happen with yeah. the ACC league office. He called up to Tobacco Road and he said, said, ACC, if you could do uh, well, if you can do tack flashlights, you can <laughs> yeah. do sh- underwater shavers, yep. you could take some money from Warchant and get some video yeah. highlights. Give us some video highlights. We'll pay you money. There it is. There it is. And if we have to wear a copper fit, you know, thing around our forearm <laughs> for golf, then, then so be it. We'll do it. But here they are. Michael, we agree with you. It's amazing those ads that they run on the yep. ACC network. Uh, here are the highlights. We've got a few things that we want to point out. Just obviously in a 59 to three game folks, there's, we're not going to show you the, the boring, every boring touchdown. I mean, they're great. We love Noel's touchdowns, but some of them are very basic. Here's a play, Gene. We'll start out. This is the Jordan Travis completion to uh, Malik McLean in a 10 to three ball game. This is just to start the second quarter. Yeah, stop this here. The block here. We got to get yep, this. Here we go. Lawrence Tofield right in your yep. screen. Ready for this? That's buying right key there. block. Look at Love that. it. Love your running backs getting downfield yep. 30 yards and making a key block to give you extra downs. That's we'll fantastic. go back to that again. So here is he's starting, and this is a simple mesh concept. You got a couple receivers mm-hmm. dragging across the middle of the field, and Jordan's waiting for it. So here it goes. They're going to break across the field. Now Lawrence is flaring out. He's flaring out on that play. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's got a actually good leverage for a throw. He but does. That's a nice little 10-yard out right there. 
but maybe it's not the first read. Yeah. So Jordan sees Malik, hits Malik over the middle, boom. Okay, so what does Lawrence do? This is buying, Gene. This is what I yeah. love about what I'm seeing on the perimeter, not just from Lawrence Tofield in this situation, but from a lot of the receivers. Buy-in means, who else can I go block to make a play for my mm-hmm. teammate? And that's what Tofield does here. He realizes, oh, look at that. Malik stays up. He goes down the field. He's looking for oh, Look at that. That is a block and a half. Excellent from nine out in space. And then you've got Pokey Wilson. He's Look at him. Escorts. Excellent mm-hmm. work right there. That's our first highlight of the day. Go ahead, Gene. And I love that. And I just love that with McLean. I mean, you see him, the maturation. We know this, Tom. Look, we're, we're not telling you guys to talk about it on the Jeff Cameron show. You can listen to every day, one to three, except for Tuesdays with seminal headlines. You guys talk about it all the time. And I know it's been something Jeff has stressed. We don't have the talent at wide receiver. FSU just doesn't. It's not a great wide receiver core. But you see some of these young guys. You see the Malik McLeans. I think he's going to be an outstanding wide receiver. And you see that he got the touchdown last game against North Carolina. You're seeing that confidence grow. Now this teammate's helping him out, making the key blocks, letting him get some some smash plays. That is going to go so far to improve his development and make him big. Because the next couple of years, you're going to need McLean. I think he's going to be a key part of this offense. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. And the other thing about this play is it it also shows, and I, I get it's UMass, but Jordan did this up in Chapel Hill. So this is a trend. But there was poise in the pocket. He was mm-hmm. waiting for the route to break open. These are the very basics of playing quarterback and passing the football, but we haven't seen a whole lot of fundamentals because our offensive line for a long time, Gene, has not been that great. So you're Good seeing enough, poise. Yeah. You're seeing Jordan with the poise to wait, deliver the football. There was a big third down conversion against North Carolina on a pass to Keyshawn Helton. I think it was third. Oh, yeah. Yep. The one that the guys were talking about on headlines, like Mike Norvell was like, that's a real play. And they were like, (laughs) (laughs) but this is the same concept. And and, uh, it's just, again, you're you're showing more details from uh, Jordan Travis today. The throw to Pokey Wilson, which we don't have in the highlights, but the throw to Pokey Wilson on the corner was another example. Jordan just waiting. He's waiting for it to open. That's what you love to see at your quarterback. The second Pokey following up the drop by making that play. Okay, here we go with this one. So let me let me cycle back. This is our first time with this DVR function, folks. So uh, bear with us. But this is the Jay Sean Corbin score mm. from uh, what is that? Twenty-seven yards out. Weird. So keep your eye on the right tackle, Robert Scott. That's another note from today that Robert Scott was listed on the depth chart this week as the left tackle, and Darius Washington on the right mm-hmm. side. They didn't play that way. They played Darius at left and Robert at right. So look for fifty-two here. He's at the bottom of the offensive line. As this develops, he gets the second level. Mm. Great job. He gets just enough of that second level defender. It's going to be important here in a second. As you see Cam McDonald swing around, he makes a block. As Corbin gets there, he's got just enough of him. Does 52. He's got him going the wrong direction. That's what you want. There goes Jay Sean Corbin. And of course, we don't have a lot of defensive scores these days in Tallahassee. Used to be a ton of them, but we've got to go to the pick six. Yes, here we go. And, And set this up, Tom, because... Brownlee earlier had a potential pick yeah. six right in his hands. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting here going, my gosh, really yep. seriously, Florida State, you get this. So I'm so glad of all the de- defenders who got a second shot at it, Jarvis did on this play. Yeah, a classic case on the first one that he dropped of, oh, my God, the ball's coming right at me. Yeah. What are we going to do? Because I mean, there's no reason that ball should be there. But that when you're playing a team like UMass, yeah. like that happens. So he's got his eyes in the backfield threes at the bottom. He's just uh, he's at the 34-yard mm-hmm. line there. You see him dropping back is. to coverage. All right, we're scanning the field. We're late with the football. There he is. Boom. He jumps, makes the play, stays up on his feet, good balance, and we are off to the races. Florida State is up 35 at the break, Gene. It was 38-3 to at the break. The magic yeah. number in uh, in the desert was uh, 35 and a half. So Florida yeah, State. how about that? Covered in halftime. 
excellent output. Uh, th- we're going to have more of that, folks. That's just a little tip of the iceberg. We might come back to them uh, to talk about those plays a little bit later. But uh, against Clemson, Miami, NC State, all these games that are coming up, this is what we've done. We thank you for your support. We repurpose it to make sure that your experience on the post-game show, on, on all of our uh, coverage fronts, is just wall-to-wall with as much as we can provide you. Gabriel, thank you very much. I know it's UMass as well. And listen, we all picked in the 50s, but did you think we'd be at 59, Gene, with 13 minutes to go in the fourth quarter? I'm not surprised, uh, honestly, that they did that. But it's I guess because Florida State's been beat down so much the past few years, you're always kind of approach these games from a negative perspective. Like, yeah, they'll probably struggle a little bit in the win. It'll be ugly. But just to to take them to the woodshed like they did, that's what good teams do. And this hasn't been a good team. So that that, there is something to this. Don't completely write this game off. The fact that they took a bad team to the woodshed is impressive. So that's the the next step in the maturation. Now, again, this season is going to be defined by this next five games. Let's not get past that. But this is an encouraging sign. Well, I thought one of the encouraging things, too, Gene, as we thank Nikki for her support as well, is you open the game, you fumble the kickoff return. We can get to special teams in a bit. I'm going to stay positive for now. But you fumble the kickoff return, and then you have a drop by Pokey Wilson in the red zone. That's a killer. It's going to be a touchdown from 15 yards out. You end up doing what? You get a stop on defense. They make a long field goal. That's a career long for the kid at UMass. All right, good job, defense. Sudden change. You're yeah. ready. To oh, I, I thought it was the best thing there. To me, that was huge because this is a game. Look, you, you fumble the opening kickoff in the past, even against a bad team, you might have gone, woe is me. Yeah. They go in and score. You held them to a field goal try, which they made good on them. And, and to me, Tom, are you almost happy they got three points? Because it would have felt a little dirty to get a spike baseball against UMass. Let's say they don't do that. You win 50-whatever to nothing. Would it have felt a little dirty? Well, I, I guess uh, it made Chip Baker's day a little bit easier. Because yeah. once he's like, oh, I guess I don't have to worry about it. I, I don't care. The way college football is played now, Gene, I'll take a spike baseball. I guess. And, you know, William and I Mary. a spike baseball against a legitimate, you know, <laughs> you know, something, a viable FCS team. I don't want you. I guess you asked. Somebody corrected me. I said they're an FCS team. I guess technically they're an FBS team. But they, I don't even think they have a winning record in the FCS. I mean, they're, yeah. just, they're not a good team. They're probably not a playoff team in the FCS either. Uh, and I know, Nikki, you enjoyed this. After the after the drop from Pokey, there's the completion to Cam McDonald. You get the first down on a third and 10. Oh, that was great. Yeah, third down. You had the drop, and you, you answered. So you And that's what we didn't do against Jacksonville State, Gene. That's important. I know that UMass mm-hmm. isn't as good as Jacksonville State, but this is about our own psychology. We mm-hmm. were tough enough to overcome some early gaffes. Sky Ninja, we appreciate you. And, and in the second half, yeah, that throw to Parchman was nice. Uh, Purdy was moving around well. It was good to see that Chubba Purdy was the second guy off the sidelines today, Gene, because if you're looking for continuity in the offense, Mackenzie Milton can't run what Jordan Travis yeah. is running from the North Carolina game on to present. Chubba Purdy can run that a little bit better. So I was glad to see 12 out there. And, and what did you think of him in the limit action, limited action? Oh, I loved it because, again, I, like you said, and we had this was a roundtable question last week. We did something on the offense like, what do you do? Who gets the reps? You know, yep. in these kind of situations going forward, and I was Chubba Purdy all the way. That that is your future, and he runs in the context of what this offense is. He's the closest player to Jordan Travis who can run the concepts that they want to do on offense. So that builds not only if Travis were to get hurt, but for next season, whether Travis is your starter or Chubba, let's keep it consistent and work on the same things and get really good at those things. And look, the McKenzie Milton story is awesome. He was able to come back and do what he did, but putting him out there now doesn't really help the team it it doesn't do anything for the rest of the season or for next season having him out there so it's great to have him on the team I hope he can 
you know, continue your career, maybe in coaching or whatever it is. But at this point, Florida State needs to look to what's going to help them the best. And I still think you could use McKenzie at some point this season. Look, if it's a tie game at the end of the against Clemson down there and you're trying to set up for a field goal to win the game, I, I want McKenzie out there. I want a guy who's been in these situations who can handle the pressure. But there's a lot of other situations where you're going to want Chubba in there, and he is your future. Yeah, and it was interesting because I saw Gene, and I fully agree on the whole point. If if you're trying to further your your long term uh, progress as a team, your long term development, then you got to get Chuba in in a low leverage situation like mm-hmm. you did today. But if it is in a pinch and you're on the road in Death Valley and it's 17 all, and Jordan goes down at the 40 yard line, and we've got the ball second and ten at the 40 with a chance to go win the game or whatever. I'd rather have 10. Yeah. I, I, no offense, Chubba, but yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's your first real action. You want to see that environment. But I think McKenzie is not going to phase him emotion- mentally. He know he's been there. Yep. He can handle it. He's going to make the right decisions. Yep. I want him out there. But, yeah, the future. I said, I, I'm really looking forward to next year for the quarterback competition. We, we think it's Jordan Travis, and if he's healthy, it probably is. But even if he is, we know his tendency to get hurt and to have a Chubba who has a little bit of experience, a little confidence, who can run the same system. That is huge. You see it. I mean, how many guys in the NFL through six weeks have already been hurt? They're going to their backups. It's the same thing. You need to have a viable backup. We've seen it. We saw it, heck, in 2015. Your quarterback goes out the first game, you're throwing a true freshman out there. To have a guy in there who you have some confidence in and can run the same system is huge for the program. Yeah, there's no doubt. And from the 954, we've got somebody to thank, Gene. It's Yaki Kadap. Oh, my gosh. Yaki Kadap. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, well, we appreciate the kind words, and we very much appreciate all of your support. Thank you very much, Yaki. And and if you've got a question at some point, I'll try and mine through all Yaki, the comments. Yaki, yes. Yeah, you so. the man. That's the same, man. We're, we're going to reinvest this stuff. We go in there trying to give you the War Chance subscribers, our customers on YouTube. We love you people. Please give us the thumbs up. Subscribe if you haven't. But, yeah, we're going we're gonna to take that. We're going to make our product even better. We're not going to sit on our laurels. We're going to keep giving the best we can to Florida State. And hopefully the football team, the basketball team wins a lot of games, and it makes this coverage even better. Yeah, no doubt. And it's time, Gene. I guess we go to the phones now. Yes, let's because, do it. Uh, we've uh, properly set it all up. We go to, you guessed it, Virginia Beach. With yes, our he's Gator back. Kirk. He is back. Gator Kirk is on the line. Gator Kirk, it's a 59-3 victory. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you doing? We're doing well, man. We're great, Go. Gator Kirk. Man, we missed you last time. Yeah, my, my sister got married, so I had to watch the game on tape. So How I, dare? I, no marriages during morning, football season. 11 does, o'clock. She, does she not know the rule? You do not get married during football season. Uh, she did not know the rules, obviously, <laughs> but I, I could not could not miss it, unfortunately. But it's what it is, what it is. Yep. So I'm I'm stoked. I mean, except for the the miscue on the on the kickoff, it yeah. it looked fairly decent. But here's here's my question: um, When's the last game that we've had where we didn't have to punt? Didn't have a punt today that I we, recall. We did have one. We did have one late. Oh. But still. I thought we went for it on fourth down. I, maybe I was not paying attention. Sorry. No, well, it's when it's 59 to 3, it's easy to uh it's easy to think that uh, you know, obviously offensively things go okay, Gator Kirk. We appreciate the call. But I mean, we had the one with Mastromano, and it was quite a boot, too. Yeah. That was uh that was one of his better ones. Let's stop worrying about that right footed, left footed thing. And uh, let's let that kid boot the ball pretty deep. Um, I, you know, I, did we punt 
against Georgia Tech in 09, maybe the Syracuse game in 13. Uh, there, there are some, there are some good times where we didn't punt, but yeah, uh, that 09 game might've been, if we did, it was once in that Georgia tech game. Cause I remember that was back and forth at most. It was one, yep. but yeah, we did like Gator Kirk. Yeah, I get it. It was very late. You know, Florida yep. state was just running the clock out. They did do a, a late punt in this game with master mono. So there was one, um, yep. but, it, but to his point, the matter, the matter of times they picked up third downs. Let me see what the third down ratio was in this. So Florida state was Six out of nine on third downs. I don't know. I guess at the end of the game, I don't know. Did they, did they go for it? They, did they go for it on a fourth down, Tom? Uh, pull up the stats in just a yeah, second. Yeah, they were over. It says they were over one on fourth down. I don't know what that was. That but. was at the very, very end of the game. They got stopped on a on a fourth and short. This was, I think, Tate was. Oh, in. that's right. So they they did that. One of them, they, the third downs, they didn't convert. They kicked a field goal. Correct. Um. So yeah. I mean, to me, that was it. So they were converting third downs when they, you know, when they needed to. Like you mentioned, that drop. Uh, early in the game, down near the goal line, they came back, they picked it up on third and long. That's again, it, it's a bad team, but that is a sign of a quality team that you're able to convert those situations. We certainly weren't earlier in the season, and that's where the mm-hmm. momentum continues, folks. We're bordering on a month of positivity as Florida State Seminoles fans as we head on the road to Clemson. We go now on the warchant.com post game show to Harris out in LA. I love that we have such a good West Coast presence, Gene. Mm-hmm. We do. Colorado <laughs> and California is coming strong. He got up early for the 9 a.m. kick out his way. What's up, Harris? Go ahead. Hey, fellas. Um, Just a quick question. You know, with kind of what Dabo said last year, you know, he was suggesting that we were kind of ducking them (laughs) and all of his other rather inflammatory comments. You know, some people are saying that, uh, you know, Clemson, you know, might be out for blood because of that. Um, You know, I'm thinking the sword kind of cuts both ways. And, you know, might that light a fire under Norvell or in, in our team? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's it's interesting. Like Mike Norvell played it. I mean, played it as calmly and as professionally as he could be. But I bet you deep down inside, basically Dabo called out his manhood in this program. So I'm sure deep down. But I'm telling you right now, Clemson's got much bigger concerns right now. They're right now fighting for their lives. They're on the road as an underdog against Pitt. and They got a lot of injuries. So I'm very curious to see what's going to happen for that. So I don't think this game is very much on their minds. It probably is on Florida State's mind, but I, you know, I don't know how much it would really play into the game, but I can tell you some of the players and some of those coaches deep down, they'll never say it publicly, but I'm sure what Dabo did last year pisses them off. Yeah, I think whenever Mike has the chance to run it up on Dabo, if that day ever comes. <laughs> Let's if it hope ever, it does. Yeah, if it does, I think he will. One thing I'll answer to that question indirectly is um, that Jeff Collins in Georgia Tech and Dabo do not get along. They do not like each other one bit. If Dabo has a chance to run it up on Georgia Tech, I don't know what the genesis of the bad blood is. I just know that. Uh, maybe some sharps have, have said that in the past. So it, in past years, before this season, it, and that's their cross-rivalry game, when those two teams play, bet on Dabo to run it up on Jeff Collins. Yeah, I'm sure that they wanted to this year, Gene, but they scored 14 points at home <laughs> against Georgia Tech. So I don't know that Dabo can be any angrier to dial up anything more than what that offense is doing, which is not a whole lot. And they've got bigger fish to fry today because the game I'm sure just kicked off between Clemson and Pitt. That's uh that's a big, big order. Yeah. The good news is everybody, if you're just looking for minuscule advantages as we head on the road to Death Valley next week, Florida State has been able to prepare for Clemson longer than Clemson's been able to prepare for Florida State. 
Clemson yeah. had a game with Syracuse. Then they play Pitt, and then they return home. They they face us. We have a bye week. UMass and Clemson. We should be ready for that. I thought game. about when has the ACC ever done us a favor? I guess at this point, a they discounted Florida State. And they just assume Clemson's a juggernaut, and b they never thought Pitt was going to be as good as they are. Right. So I think all those things played in because for Florida State of a bye week and UMass before playing Clemson. Two or three years ago, that would have been, I mean, in the ACC, impossible. They would have never, ever let Florida State have that advantage. So, yeah, it's it's a great situation. Now, can Florida State take advantage of it? We'll see. That's still a big question. But at least, yeah, I mean, everything's worked out for them. Again, we want to get Dylan Gibbons hopefully healthy, ready to go in that game. That's the only thing. To me, yeah. that, that's a huge setback if he's not able to go in this game. That will be, you know, I, I don't know that Mike will have an answer ready in the post game show, but if we have no. Ira or Corey join the program, that would be a, a question right away. Is is he okay? Because again, for those of you that are just joining us <clears throat> on the WarChant.com post game call in show, the play after Jordan Travis hits Pokey Wilson on a long corner route. It's first and ten, about six minutes forty seconds to go thereabouts in the first quarter. Dylan Gibbons did get rolled up on. He stayed, uh, and it was his right side. He stayed in for the remainder of the drive, but he looked to be in discomfort. That is what the TV observed. I'm not going to speculate further on what the issue would be. Maybe it's little to nothing, and they just said, you know what, let's get you out of here, Hoss. You're, you're our guy, so let's let's rotate in Brady Scott. I'm hoping that's the case, but yeah. that's an answer we really need ahead of next week against mm-hmm. Clemson. Henry- Harrison speaking my language there, man. Nope. Talking some good beer there. Fantasy Van Brown Ale. You haven't had the Fantasy brand, Van? From, oh. oh, that's a really good. I'm not a huge proof fan, but that's a really good brown ale from them. And okay. then I actually was able to visit with the lovely wife last night and some friends at a Worcester City here in Tallahassee did that. And Oh, you yeah, can't Hooter Brown's enough. They have the, if you're, if you're a Hooter Brown fan, Midnight at the Oasis is the bourbon barrel aged Hooter Brown. Woo! It'll get you some. Man, oh, well. So will the Hooter Brown. The Hooter Brown will sneak up on you. Yeah, but the, the Oasis is barrel age, so it's oh. the ABV is way up there on that one. So, yeah, oh. it's good times. I wonder if we're going to run into anybody whose ABV is pretty high on a sa- early Saturday afternoon. We shall see. Yeah, Next- I'm, I'm even doing this, man. I'm, based on the opponent and the time, Yeah, sorry, but I, I'm, I'm doing a slow roll here. Yeah, I'm calling on hydration a little bit. I might have a, a delivery again this week. I haven't had a beer yet today, but uh, I'll make one to toast to victory, Gene. I mean, you know, that's mm-hmm. that tradition. We now go to another Gene. He's our friend in Ocala. Gene is always a fixture on this particular program. Gene in Ocala, welcome to the Warchant.com postgame show. Tom, Gene, go Knowles. Hey, Gene, go Knowles. How's everything going, gentlemen? 59-3, to easy breezy, Gene. How about you? Yep. Oh man, everything was looking well after that uh, strip from, uh, from 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 our guy from Madison, but uh, we we we, uh, we we turned it around. Um, it's just great to see it. Um, I just my question for you is about the progression of the running game. How innovative Coach Dillingham and Coach Novell have been for the running game. It just seems like um, they're coming up with better schemes, better ways to get that moving, and then also it just – whenever Jordan can do, play off of that play action pass, whenever he has that running game going, it's a thing of beauty. Yeah. Uh, great win today. I just um, – I just I just enjoyed it. But still, I just have one, one, one other question to ask you guys. Fourth and one, Ja'Kai Douglas or DJ – who was a little thicker, wouldn't you want that DJ number one guy to be able to push it across 
Yeah. Or would you still go with the, the, the slender uh Ja'Kai Douglas? It's still I mean, I know the game is out of reach, but you still look at little things, just like they preach about little things. Mm-hmm. You still look at little things like that. Like we like in Jacksonville State, you know, Torfilly wasn't doing well, so you kept running them out there. Why not run your big back out there to get the one yard and then let's just keep on rolling. But can't complain. Fifty nine to three, go nose. Can't wait to march in Death Valley and shark shock the world next weekend. You guys have a great one. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. Good night, Gene. I mean, Gene's a football guy because that's you and I, Tom. We know that those little things, yeah, and how huge those can be, and that's a that's a great point about how. Look, the game's out of reach. You got a guy who's what? What's DJ go? Two twenty, two fifteen, something oh, like that. Oh yeah, good to see him get in the end zone today. He's earlier. a thick boy, and he can he moves pretty well for a big boy. But yeah, yeah in those short yarded situation, and that's been one of my bugging boots. I never understand coaches that just put a guy in the shotgun. Let's put some light guy. Like man, just get get up there under center. Get a big guy, get a fullback, pound it through. Yep. But yeah, I mean, Jakai's obviously your, he's your game breaking guy. He's a speed guy. You can you can definitely run some stuff, and I think you can do a lot of good things with him. But yeah, I think and hopefully that was just at the point the game was out of hand, and they're just like, look, let's give them. We're just going to give get certain guys reps in certain situations. We're not going to worry so much about the situation. I'm hoping that's what it is. But he he makes a good point. Jacksonville State, a couple of the little decisions they made that were wrong had a huge impact on the game. Well, I, I love the um, I love the enthusiasm that at fifty nine to three you're not done and and you want to preach finish the game strong. Yeah. And I, the, if you're going just by personnel in that situation, you're saying why isn't DJ in? It's it's impossible to argue with you. But yeah. you've also got you've got a mash unit third string offensive line with uh, I mean, I saw some names that I, I had not seen before. A couple I'd had, but you know, it, I, in that situation in the game, I, I'm not all that worried about it. As for the running game in general, your first question. Gene, I think some of yeah. it is that this offensive line has just gotten more healthy. That that's a big mm-hmm. part of it. That Maurice Smith is available helps you dispense other players to other areas, like a Bavion Johnson, who we've really had to lean on the last two weeks in the interior. We haven't really missed a beat with Bavion uh, playing right guard, and that's you know unfortunate that you know, Devontae Love Taylor, our very own Devontae Love Taylor, is just banged up, and he has been since the off season. Well, I'm hoping this was one of those. He could play, but, you know, we could probably rest him one more week. Let's get him ready for Clemson. I, I, I mean, I kind of think – look, we have we have Trench Talk with him, which you can watch every Monday, him and Aslan talk a little bit. You know, he could kind of read between he, – he felt like he was good to go. And I know players are going to be a little bit more optimistic, but yep. the fact that he didn't play and it seemed like everything we've heard, you know, his attitude sounded like he was probably ready to go, that they said, look, give him one more week. We're going to need him more at Clemson. Mm-hmm. I think there's a pretty good chance he'll be on the field next week. Well, yeah, and if Dylan Gibbons is out, he better be. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. He better be. Uh, 365 yards on the ground today, Gene, and it was uh, it came easy to just about anybody who toted the ball. One situation we didn't get there. But I, I think to answer Gene's question again, some of the stuff they're doing is just the same thing over and over and over again, and they've got Sean Corbin and Sean Ward who have excellent vision. Like the Ward touchdown is a cutback on, on a play that they're trying to run to the right, and he sees that it's kind of mm-hmm. neutralized where it's supposed to go. A lot of pulling action that's moving to the right of the offense cuts it back, and he's untouched in the end zone because the backside defender lost contain. That's easy to spot as an old fan because our guys have done that the last few years a ton. Uh, I don't know that there's anything revolutionary, but one new wrinkle this week they had a couple of guys more in the backfield. You saw a lot of loaded mm-hmm. backfields, and and the goal line touchdown from um, Jordan Travis, the first touchdown of the game, 
I think that was Preston Daniel to his left. Preston- I saw that. I'm like, are the way they do an H back, full back back there? What's yeah. going on here? He didn't handle the block very well, but Jordan got around <laughs> it anyway. But you are seeing some different angles being generated, and maybe they're workshopping some stuff ahead of the Clemson game. So there, there is there is a combination of a little bit innovative, but I think they're just getting repetitive and they're getting healthy. That's another part of it, too. Yeah, Tom, and the fall, isn't a lot of this, too, the commitment to the run, the fact that they've committed to Jordan Travis to be that because he's the guy that lets that running game go because he can run that zone read so well. He, he puts the defense on their heels having to worry about that. And I think the coaching staff identifying, okay, we're a run. This is what we do. It's what we do well. We got a quarterback who can run it. He's going to put the defense in tough situations running the ball when we run the football. And I think it's as simple as that. You've got a quarterback who can do it. You've established your identity, which early on you're running McKenzie out there. We're going to throw the ball. We're going to run the ball. Who are we? I think they finally committed to who they are, and now they're just building on that because they had – go back and look. I think they had 45 rushing attempts in this game and 15 passing attempts, something like that. Yep. Is that the yeah. is that the ratio I'm looking at right here? Uh, I mean, that's, that's a little over the top because of the score of the game. Yeah, you had uh, – yeah, 15 passing attempts, 45 rush, rushes. That's a little skewed because of the score of the game. But even last against North Carolina, it was way over the top for the run. Yeah, so, Jordan I – mean, Ended up being five of 10 in this game, Gene. Yeah, five of 10 yeah. from Jordan Travis. You know, and that's, you know, one of the questions we asked in the pregame show and throughout the week was okay, do you try and, and call a game in order to protect Jordan Travis in, on the ground from getting hit too often? Because are you looking at the, at the remainder of the season or are you saying, we just discovered an identity, opponent be damned, we've got to do what we do? And the answer today, unequivocally, if you're looking at that ratio that you just named, Gene, 15 yeah. passes to 45 runs, they're saying, opponent be damned. This is what we do, and, and this is what we're going to do. And Jordan ran nine times, so he ran as many times as he passed. Yep. Which, I, in this game, honestly, going back, I wish he would have run a little less. Yeah. I don't think he needed to expose him, but again, he made it through. Apparently, it seems like he's totally healthy, so thank goodness, knock on wood, that he's going to be okay. Uh, and he had no injuries in this game, but yeah, I mean that—that's your identity. You're going to go with it. You're going to go all in on it because it's what you do best. And it, it also, when it does well, it keeps your defense off the field. So it's a win-win when you can run the ball effectively. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, again, a lot of people commenting. It looks like there's a full house <laughs> backfield. A lot of guys in the backfield. What is this? Is a wing T full I, I don't house? Know we, I don't know. If we're quite going to go. The 34 Wham is going to be there anymore. But, right. You know, it, it it was something. I I'd love to see some more. I, I the short yards and I see it in the NFL drives me nuts. Short yarded situations, guys being six seven yards behind doing the shotgun snap. I don't understand it, Tom. I don't. I don't get it. It it doesn't everybody talks about analytics there's no way analytics tell you a quarterback and a running back that far behind the line of scrimmage on a third and one is going to improve your odds of picking that play up yeah oh i agree well and again if you've got i think we talked about this in the post game show a couple of weeks ago if you've got a former quarterback like wyatt rector on the roster who's a wrecker you know just put him under center and and 40 250 pounds you tell me you can't do that in practice and just do the quarterback sneak with him yeah i'm I'm sure if they put everybody up on the line you know what he's played quarterback before Right. Yeah, you've got to honor it. And screw, I mean, they want to sell out. Boom. Boy, you know what? We haven't seen the Wildcat very much the last few weeks. I didn't hate it that much, but we haven't seen it. It's worth noting. And again, if you look at all these experimental backfields and and these different looks, these loaded backfields, what that tells me is once the coaches realized through the North Carolina game that, oh, we can we can do this. I'm sure they I'm sure they game plan installed for North Carolina with those elements. But once they saw that it can work in a game, they said, all right, what else can we do off of this look? What else Mm. can we do off of what Jordan Travis is showing us, which is 
He is very calm when running the read option. He had a couple uh, decisions again today, Gene, with the zone read, the regular do I keep, do I run, not with a pass element, where he looked calm again. This yeah. is this is very, very encouraging stuff out of Jordan Travis. We go to Daytona Beach, and we're talking to Clint from Daytona Beach. Welcome to the Warchant.com postgame show. Clint, go ahead. All right. One thing. I Clint? Clint, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, I have a setter, so it might take me a little uh, um, longer. Understood, All Clint. Right. Go with it. My, all right. My question is what does FSU have to do to realistically uh, go to a, a – a uh, a bowl well gina i think we understand about go to a bowl game yeah 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 Thank so you, appreciate the call, man, and, and we'll always be patient for you. Feel free yeah, to call. Yeah, Clint. Yeah, that's a good. That's a great question. And now suddenly, who? Who? It's crazy that a few weeks ago, who would have asked about FSU making a bowl game? We would have been like, dude, get off, yep. get out of here, crazy. But they're sitting at three and four right now. Um, you yep. know, we've we've seen five win teams can even get in at this point, and Florida State's name. I, you, I mean, two wins could get you in there. So I, it's it's definitely a distinct possibility. You're gonna to have to say, look. There's five games left. They're all winnable games. Mm-hmm. So two out of three out of three out of them, you're in. Obviously, two of them maybe. Look, you look Miami. That's a must-win game. That's a team on the ropes. Their coach is out. Their quarterback's gone. They're probably gonna get the, their quarterback's talking crap. They're probably gonna lose again today. Yep. Um, that's a must-win. So it comes. What other games, if you're going to assume, you can hopefully, I don't want to assume a win ever with this team, but if you can win that one, you got to win at least one, maybe two more. It's definitely doable, Tom. I mean, I don't I don't know. It'd be interesting to see right now Vegas does updated odds of a team getting, you know, what the, what the win-loss total for Florida State would be at this point. Yeah, I think well, as you're talking about the schedule, looking at the rest of it, Gene, you got it, you got it today. You're at three and four. If you split one of the next two, like so, you split. You go one and one. You're facing Miami at home at Doke with a chance to win your fifth game before going on the road to Boston College. Mm-hmm. That's a really interesting week. Yeah, that, that gets fun. That conversation gets really fun. But you've got to split the next two at minimum in order to be in that position because yeah. who knows what Florida is going to do in the final week? You just it could be they could be rolling or they could be quitting on their coach. It, you just it, a lot can happen between now and this time next month against Florida. But if you split one of the, if you get one of the next two, that's we're, we're in business. Uh, I knew we were going to get this call I, about this topic. It's not this particular caller. And I'm happy that we're able to talk about it. Now we're over half an hour into the show. So we can talk about some of the things that, you know, frustrated us. We go to Josh in New York and Josh wants to talk about special teams. Go ahead, Josh. Josh, are you there? Oh, you got I am here. Oh, there I we go. Here. All right. All right. Hey, there Josh. You go. Go ahead, Josh. I am here. Um, first of all, shout out to my man Clinton, who has more guts than a lot of people out yep. here, man. Shout out to him. There yep. you go. Um, secondly, secondly, um, I, I'm I'm almost to my goal of being the pinstripe poppy. 
So when you guys, when we get the pinstripe bowl, you guys can make your way out to New York where I'm at, and I'll take you guys. Yeah, hey, man, they they make the pinstripe bowl, baby. I'll be there. Yeah, yeah we'll we'll get Corey to go up there and pour some champagne in his face. Uh, <laughs> I'll gladly do it for him. Um, uh, so thirdly is uh about the um special teams. If there's one thing that frustrated me, I and obviously it goes to the head coach because he is number one the head coach and number two, he is the special teams guy that he was preaching and like blunder after blunder opening kickoff fumble. Um, we allowed over like 20 yards on every kickoff. It seemed like we were kicking the ball the right way, but we were all, we we're just allowing so many yards on kickoffs. And I just don't understand why. And I, and I looked at some of the personnel that we had out there too. And it seems like, you know, we had Amari Gaynor out there seeing Akeem Dent out there. Like, it's not like we're playing, third string guys we're playing starters and we're just not we're, like special teams is not clicking i don't i don't understand what the what the mishap is so maybe maybe you guys have better insight thank you as always go Knowles, go war chant thank you josh and, and that's a that's a really good and, and, and i'm fine that people are pointing out deficiencies because there were and this is your right this is the biggest glaring wart that stuck out from this game to me it's unbelievable here's the thing it's not like this staff doesn't dedicate time to us. You go to practice and you're like, they spend so much time on special teams. And as Josh pointed out, you've got starters. There's a lot of starters and key personnel that are out there on this. So you, you've got your best personnel out there. You're devoting a ton of time in practice. How is it this bad? Yeah, We've seen this over and over in practice. He mentioned that. Also, what Josh didn't even mention is, I think it was the next two series in the Florida State start series on their five-yard line. You've got punt right. returners mm-hmm. who are taking fair catches on the five-yard line. Tom. It, it, it wasn't the whole deal when you're a punt returner, you stand on the 10. Yep. If it goes over your head, you let it go. Am yeah. I, am I missing something or afraid? Oh, well, heaven forbid, if they get it on the three versus the five, I mean, what are we doing? Yeah. I, you know, there are some circumstances I'll get the qualifier out of the way to agree with Eugene, but the qualifier is there are some circumstances. If a team is not embracing, you know, modern analytics and they're punting from the 40 on the other side of the field, you might take a fair catch of the eight or something like that. But beyond that random or, or very rare, not random, but very rare circumstance. Yeah. The 10 yard line is the rule. And these what are, are those two is going to bounce in the end zone. If not, oh, both they're, of them. they're line drives, they're yeah. line drive kicks. I don't blame Travis Jay in that moment. I, I think that that's what he might be told to do that. Cause he did it twice. You, you don't run the guy back out there and have the same thing happen twice. Now it also should be noted that Amari Gaynor did force a fumble on a kickoff return later in the game. So he did that. There was one play that we got back, but it's still atrocious. Like, and I know that they're going to focus on the positive on Monday when we get uh, Coach Papuchas. But damn it, man! You know, there are yeah. a lot of times where this game—the only reason—and we saw this earlier in the season—the only reason the game is still interesting. I think it was the Syracuse uh, affair, where like you've got them pinned down. Next thing you know, they're starting at the twenty-eight, the thirty-five, whatever it is. It's just we don't cover well, we don't kick return well, and with all the time, you're right, Gene. With all the time that we spend on this stuff, it's amazing. It shouldn't be that bad. It should not be. There's no reason why you got a coach with a long history of fielding top special teams, a ton of time of practice devoted to you're putting your best personnel out there, and it's consistently bad in every game. I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. On one of the kick returns, a guy was out of a gap, and it was easy to see. But, like, it's just consistently across the board. You expect bad things to happen when there's a kickoff. And, like, that seems ridiculous at Florida State, especially when you're playing a team like UMass. I think even with the forced fumble and the recovery, 
because we gave it to them on the opening kick, we still lose in the kick return game mm-hmm. to UMass. That You can't lose to UMass in any phase of the game. And that's where I, I'm, I'm frustrated about that. Now, it's 59-3. Yeah. Clean it up. But if that if we see a, a kickoff return and kickoff coverage and punt return performance like that against Clemson, that oh, might that's be... Gonna, that's gonna, it could cost you the game. It could cost that's you a frustrating. Ball. I know there's people, look, I, you know... It makes in a close game. That's the difference. And how many look? Go back and look. The as bad as Florida State has been, look at how many close games there's been. There's been a lot mm-hmm. of close yeah. games. You win special teams, you win those. You lose special teams, you lose the game. It's just it's that big of a deal. Now they do look more confident to overcome mistakes on offense. Hopefully they get yes. more confident to handle whatever the hell is going on with special teams. But good call, Josh. Yeah, I, I was yep. pissed. I tweeted about it twice. I was so pissed off about the special teams. We go not too far from New York over to Jersey City. I feel like these guys, they always are in sequence. So we go to James in Jersey City. James, what's going on? Welcome to the program. Hey, guys. How are you? How are you doing? All right? We're hanging doing in, man. Well, man. Crazy. Go ahead. Hey, well, listen, first let me say, uh, you know, I was going to get married in October, and my wife let me have the wedding in July because I really put my foot down. That's my man, there you go. That's what you do. Sorry, no shot at you, Gator Kirk, your sister, but, Let me you shut know. the door before she comes in to hear me. I don't want her barging in. <laughs> listen, Smart uh, man. So, yeah, right? So here's the deal. You know, given the trajectory, I really think the first couple games were an anomaly and the inconsistency of trying to sort a quarterback out. I think Travis is a pretty good kid. I think he's very injury-prone, but it gives him the best chance to win. What do you guys think about, real quick, the chances of playing Miami and at Clemson? And uh, given that, even if it's competitive, how do you think the recruits are going to react? And with that, hope to see you in Boston, and maybe Gene will finally unpermaban my account, but I love you guys. Love you too. <laughs> well, James, you're not going to get permaban from YouTube, so you know that, that's no, good. No, we, lo- we love you, man. Ta- reach out to our moderators, man. They, they, they reinstate people just – Suck up to Terry, who's our phone screener, and tell him how wonderful he is, and he'll unban you, man. That's how you, that's how you get that done. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the man, what are the Miami chances? Yeah. yeah. Those, look, I think it, look, I want I'm very curious to see what's going to happen today with Clemson and Pitt to see how invested they are. Their, their seasons out. Of, I mean, Dabo's really not had to deal with this for a long time when they're massively underachieving and their road dog, how will they emotionally respond? If they get if they get housed in this game, man, I'm going to feel really good about FSU being able to roll in because at that point, if they bought out, Florida State's, they're building confidence. They're starting to believe. They're executing. They're not getting down on themselves when plays go badly where Clemson could be going the different direction. So we'll see based on that. Miami is spiraling out of control. I like FSU's chances in that game right now. I think that is the biggest look. Whatever happens, they don't, you know, I know we had a call earlier asked about a bowl game. It'd be great if they can make a bowl. At the end of the day, you have to win one game. It's that Miami game. Look, they yeah. could go. They can only finish with four wins. If they're competitive in the other ones and they beat Miami, I think that that's fine for the season. I think it saves a recruiting class. I think you're good to go going into 2022. But that's the game you have to win, and they should win that based on everything I've seen at this point. Yeah, I agree, Gene. I think. Because the coaching staff was honest with the recruits throughout the offseason saying that this ain't going to be a good football team, but you're going to see us improve and we're going to be better. They're right on schedule with that, even with a ridiculous loss to Jacksonville State. What they are telling these recruits is not pie in the sky. Watch us go win the ACC. Watch us go to a New Year's Six Bowl. They're not promising the world. They said to, you know, some of our recruiting people who are on the ground for the camp season that if we can go six and six. Watch what this class turns into and watch what we become moving forward. So if that's the goal preseason from the coaches themselves, not from prognosticators, but from the coaches themselves, 
and you're at three and four right now, but trending up because you started zero and four. Okay, I think the recruits can see that there's validity to what these coaches are saying. But you're right. When they're all here for the Miami game, you better do what you're supposed to do and beat mm -hmm. Miami. And before the season started, maybe you wouldn't say it so definitively, but now that game it counts for a lot. As I, I think I'm getting a, uh, yeah, there we go. As we're going to take the call from uh, Zach and Thomas. Oh, oh here we go. <laughs> Woo! Let's go. Way to go, Jamie. Yes. Jamie, Jamie the uh, purveyor of you made a sign. Oh, okay. Well, good. Oh, and beer delivery. There we go. There it Woo, is. Cheers. I see your water team and I raise you one. Good sign, babe. Yes. That's good art skills. All right. I would frame that because uh, I don't know the next you time should. we're going to yeah, I used to get those. I didn't even make those anymore because I remember going to games and I got a bunch of them here around the man cave. I'll have to show some people on here sometime. When you go to the road games and you come out of the game and they would have the signs. You know, the Florida, Florida State oh, games, yeah. I would love that. I'm walking out of Gainesville, and I could buy, spend the $5 for one of those cheap signs that had the score of the games. Well, do they, they even still do those, or I don't think they do those anymore? I'm not sure that they do, but I know that there's one sign that we still need to make, Gene, and that's the – it's bamboo yes! time! It is bamboo time! <laughs> that, uh, that trend has continued. Uh, bamboo time, this offense had another great day, especially – on the ground. Uh, let me get rid of that and get back to yes. there we go. Doing what we do best, which is taking your calls right now. Uh, Zach in Thomasville. I teased it before I got the refill from my lovely wife. Zach in Thomasville is now on with us on the Warchant.com postgame show. Go ahead, Zach. Welcome. Hey guys, first time caller. Uh listen to y'all a lot. I really appreciate what y'all do and all the content. Hey, y'all do a great job. Um real quick, my question for y'all is this. I, I they Flashed up a graphic during that game with our FPI chances to win the remaining games of season. I know y'all have kind of hit on this, but, you know, they had us with a 34% chance to beat Miami, uh, 32 to beat Boston College, 10% uh, to beat Clemson. I just don't buy it. Seeing the, the way this team has played the last um, the last few weeks, I don't think that's the team that, that – the team we've been seeing is is the same team that these numbers kind of paint the picture of. So, what are y'all thoughts on that? I'll get out of here again. I appreciate y'all everything you do, and uh, and and all the content y'all put out. Oh, we appreciate Thank you, Zach. It. My guess is that's based on some ridiculous, antiquated ESPN nonsense algorithm that does this stuff. But I'll tell you who's not going to do that is Vegas. In Vegas, money is involved. I guarantee you, unless something happens, Florida State's going to be a favorite against Miami in two weeks. So. Who cares what some ESPN computer in Bristol says? We go by – I mean, what's important is what Vegas says because they have money on the line for that thing. Yeah, Gene, I mean, who works for ESPN anyway? What the hell is that? Like, who would ever be affiliated with ESPN? Um, yes, now, yes. The, uh, well, thank goodness you got away from the evil overlords. That's correct. Uh, before we welcome in a five-star recruit of our own, yes. a five-star specialist, uh, for those of you who are on hold right now on the Warchant.com postgame show, you can stay there. Your place is assured, but we were taking no new callers at this point on the Warchant.com postgame show, so we've got a couple folks on hold. You're good. We're going to get to you right after we get to the man from Doak Campbell Stadium, Bobby Bowden Field. He is five-star Irish Rafael. Ira, what's going on, man? Just another 56-point win for Florida State. Uh, we see these all the time. Ew. So just another just another day at Doak Campbell Stadium. Ira, I noticed you're up your game after Corey last week had that beautiful background behind him. Like he's the technical wizard. And look at you having Doak all framed up behind you. Well done. Well, it's, it's nice that it's actually a daytime game, so you can uh, you can actually see through the window. But yeah, and it's uh 
Yeah, man, this is uh, this is about as about as good as it gets for Florida State. I mean, you know, again, I don't, I don't, you know, there are things they can clean up, and I'm sure you guys have talked about special teams yeah. wasn't very yep. good. Um, there were you know a couple of issues here or there, but man, it was just good to see Florida State take care of business and get you know young guys in the game, and and you know Jordan Travis has a baseball hat on for most of the second half. Uh, you know, really a good day for FSU. I guess, like you said, there's not. It's pretty much what you expected, even better than really expected. Yeah. Going into a game like this, there was a, a whole lot of hard hitting things to talk about. But I guess early on, probably your most consistent offensive lineman this season, Dylan Gibbons, goes out, and obviously a key component and going to be so important going forward. I don't know if, if uh, Mike Norvell gave any kind of explanation or any kind of prognosis and what what you saw on the field, what happened with him. What are you hearing about Mr. Gibbons right now? Yeah, I mean, the best, you know, report of actually what happened, I've gotten is from Tom, who, you know, went back and watched it, and it sounds like, you know, you guys leg rolled up. Um, I, you know, Mike Norvell said they'll have to see, you know, you know how he is about injuries. Yeah. He doesn't give a lot of information. I would say from a, just from a general observation standpoint, the fact that he didn't come out and watch the second half um, tells me maybe it's a little more mm -hmm. serious than, than you'd hope. I mean, we don't know. I mean, that's just a, a guess. A lot of times when a guy, it's a minor thing, they come back out and watch the game. He didn't, um, so at least that I saw. So um, you know, it may not, you know, that may be a problem. But I would say this, you know, Babyon Johnson started a guard for Devontae Love Taylor. Devontae Love Taylor was really close to being able to play. It was a game time decision. So if you don't have Dylan Gibbons this week, you might have Devontae Love Taylor and Babyon Johnson. It's not exactly the five you want, but it's 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 not too far off. Right. And I guess you mentioned at the outset, Ira, and we've had we've had a caller come talk about it. And several people in the live chat have commented on the special teams. If you want to harp on something negative, and it definitely was, because we pointed out time and time again, the amount of time they spend on it. And the caller pointed out it, it definitely it's like I see a lot of starters, defensive starters out on the field, but yet they're giving up long returns. You obviously, you fumble the opening kickoff. They start two drives inside on their five-yard line on punt returns where they're fielding inside the 10, taking fair catches. It was, it was an ugly performance by the special teams, and I, I, I don't know if, if that was discussed by Mark Norvell or you got any insight on that. I think we're probably going to delve more into it on Monday, but I would say this. Um, a lot of those revolved around one guy. Um, in the return game. And, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, I've been as big a Travis J supporter as anybody, but this was, I mean, he really struggled having that, inter, you know, the fumble on the opening kickoff. And then, you know, the, the, the punt decisions, fair catching it inside the 10. I mean, they'll, they'll do that. That's, they are coached to do that as long as it's not inside the five. Um, but the other one where he catches it and doesn't fair catch it and then like downs it. Um, it was just bizarre. I mean, he just was in his head. I, I think he's, maybe he's lost some confidence, maybe the fumble, you know, on top of some of the earlier issues. Um, but yeah, they, they made the change to Keyshawn Helton return punts after that. And that may be how, the, how they have to go going forward. Um, as far as the return stuff. Yeah, it wasn't great. Um, obviously. Um, but you know, on a day like this where you played so well defensively, other than the first turnover on the opening kickoff, they, they basically posted a shutout on defense. I mean that their only scoring drive went for, I think it might've gone for negative yardage. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, the defense played really well. Offense put up a ton of points. Um, so I, we'll definitely talk about special teams, but we didn't grill him about it on, on today. I, I think that'll come on Monday. And I got to ask you, a lot of people also excited about Chubba comes on the second half, five for five, look good. Uh, he seems to fit in well with the offense that they've kind of designed for Jordan Travis. He's a good kind of, you know, t same similar type of quarterback with some of the similar skills. Any feedback on how he did in this game and how encouraging is that going forward to have him available to maybe come in if, if Florida State needs him. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that was one of the biggest you know positives of the game. I thought Chubba looked much more confident and controlled than he did when he got to play last year. Uh, I also like that rollout pass to his left. I mean, that's an, you got to be a really good athlete to make that play, and, and he did it and made it look pretty easy. Um, yeah, he just looked in command, and, 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 you know, from Coach Norvell to Jordan Travis and other people, they were just – they were happy to see him get this opportunity because the guy's had a tough go of it since he got to Florida State. He had, you know, injuries and repeated surgeries and, uh, you know, just missed time for different things, was home for most of the spring – um, so he's really come on. I've, we've been hearing good things the last few weeks about how he's been practicing, and it was good for him to be able to show it on the game on the field. And, and really, that was the case for a lot of guys on this team. Austin's going to be writing a story about all the young guys that got in this game and, and a chance to, to to play, maybe if not the first time, but but the first extended minutes for a lot of those guys on both sides of the ball. So from that standpoint, it was also a really positive day. And I got to also talk about one thing on offense. We a couple of weeks ago we mentioned this. We've been we were asking the coaching staff weeks ago about the offensive identity, and obviously they found it. Ira, forty-five rushing attempts, fifteen passing attempts, and obviously the script of this game, second half, you're not going to throw it a ton, but again, just the fact that they are so dedicated to the run and how important that is going forward for this team. Yeah, and then he also had four different running backs rush for touchdowns. Uh, five different ball carriers rush for touchdowns, including Jordan Travis. Uh, which is impressive. It was good to see G- DJ Williams break off a nice run. Lawrence Tofili, we kind of saw some some hints of the Lawrence Tofili from last season. He really hasn't uh, shown that so much uh, this so far this year. Trayshawn and, and Jayshon both look really good. I mean, Jayshon Corbin had over 120 yards on like 11 carries. Sorry for your prop, Tom. <laughs> Man. I, I, was, I thought they should have pulled him at halftime personally, but but, uh, he came up. He came up. He was limping a little bit after the second yeah. run, and, and he he came back and he, he had another carry or two after that, Ira. But I was like, "You kidding me? Come on, man! <laughs> Give the ball to DJ. What are we doing? The streak is over on the uh, on the weekly feature." But that's all right. That's all right. Um, but yeah, and the other th- one other thing I meant to mention about the quarterbacks, and I I meant to say, it and I forgot in the last question. Uh, it was pretty cool to listen to Mike Norvell talk about after the game that you know the reason they went to Chubba Purdy was they were they did talk to Mil- Milton about going in, and he told. Norvell and the coaches, you know, why don't you let the young quarterbacks play? Um, and, you know, it's not like McKenzie Milton needs reps at this point in his career. Uh, so that's what they did. And Chubba talked about it as well. It, it meant a lot to him. Uh, he really appreciated that McKenzie, you know, I mean, look, man, you know, McKenzie Milton's only got so many Saturdays left of his college football career. And it, it wouldn't be out of question for him to want to go in and, you know, get a better taste in his mouth after the last couple times he played. Uh, but he let those guys play. And I think that was really cool as well. I did. You, I guess first of all, did Jarvis Brownlee talk post game? Did yeah. you get him? So I want to ask about that. Obviously, the guy drops the pick six yeah. and gets. A, I mean, how often does that happen in a game? You get a defensive back has a pick six, drops it, and then a, a few minutes later, he gets another opportunity, takes advantage. So that that's yeah. got to give that young man. He's very talented, a lot of confidence to have that opportunity, especially with the defense. Here we go, and we get to watch this. We'll watch this again. Here, Tom's going to roll this one up, and there it is. Jarvis Brownlee getting that pick six and. It could, I mean, just what does that do for defense? A little bit under – look, I opened the whole thing up, Ira, and I said, look, to me it would have felt they got the opening fumble on the kickoff. They kicked the field goal. That was their only school. It would have felt a little dirty to me if Chip Baker had to give the the spike baseball <laughs> and against UMass, but it would have done it. But, again, we haven't talked much about the defense, holding them to that one score and then Jarvis Brownlee being able to obviously redeem himself with that pick six. Yeah, in the, in the video, people can go watch Jarvis Brownlee's interview on uh, on WarChant.com or the YouTube channel. And uh, the first, I think Corey asked him about that, getting that second chance. 
And Jarvis was like, yeah, man, I should have had two pick sixes. Uh, he was not happy about that. He felt like he should have had two pick sixes. Um, but, you know, I mean, like, and, and he's a guy kind of like I mean, Lawrence Tofield and a few of these other guys that earlier this season had opportunities and, and, and didn't make plays for whatever reason. And as the season's gone on, they fought through it and come through. And Jarvis has played pretty well the last few weeks. And I, it was big. I, you know, that was definitely a huge play for him. Um, he's a guy that, you know, in the quarterbacks, Jordan Chubba both talked about him and how, how much he talks in practice, how much he kind of energy he brings to the practice field. So they were excited to see him uh, get the opportunity on Saturday as well. So, yeah, it's a big play for the defense because, you know, it's one thing to get stops. It's one thing to, to bend but don't break. But now they're actually making plays that can, you know, show up on the scoreboard. I mean, that's a big deal for this defense. And it really would help the offense because, you know, there's going to be days where the offense doesn't play this well, obviously. Tom, you got anything for Ira before we let no, him go? You hit on all the notes, Gene. And then, Ira, thank you for the reminder that uh, the prop streak is over. I, I really appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but it's okay. I, I think uh, we had the one. Jordan didn't hit the 200 yards, but uh, that's all right. Next week for Clemson, those numbers are going to be really interesting. Uh, but uh, Ira, of course, coming up on Warchant.com. Corey's got a column. You've got the 321. Is that what we're expecting in the next 24, 36 hours or so? Yeah. And, and, and Austin's got a sidebar coming about those other guys. Um, and yeah, well, plenty of coverage coming at Warchant. And I think Aslan's already got all the video interviews up so people can hear directly from the players and, and head coach Mike, Mike Norvell. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ira. Looking forward to all that content. And, hey, get to have dinner with a family tonight, one of these rare noon kickoffs. So we don't expect any more of these. <laughs> we'll take it for sure. Yep. All right. Thank you, Ira, Ira from uh, Doe Camel, giving us the update. And also, and I'm sure you can get on our YouTube channel if it's not up already, Corey and Ira always do a fun war yep. chant rap after the game. I don't think Corey's going to be pouring champagne in his face after this one, but I hope we just talked about the trip to Clemson. I know several war chanters are going to be making that trek up there. I would imagine Aslan will bring some champagne or something yeah. if they were happen to beat Clemson. Well, I think or Corey talked about stripping down and rolling down the hill if they well, were something like that. That was that was one of the suggestions. Now, Gina, I don't know what the liability insurance you have is, but he's talking about sprinting down the hill if Florida State wins. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know about that. We do have health care for our employees. So, I mean, there is that. So, <laughs> yeah. probably, I think most of our fans would be willing to chip in. We've got yeah. these generous people like in Ingar did it again. Yep. There um, we go. Oh, my gosh. So, we keep doing that. We can pay for Corey's medical bills. Thank you got to so just chip that. in and do that. Yeah, Corey can break a leg or dislocate a shoulder, whatever, on the roll down the hill. And he gets probably even better. We'll get, we'll get, Aslan to, to go ahead and video as he gets arrested by the Clemson police and dragged yeah. off. That'd be great. There are times, Gene, where people make too much of it. They said, you're going to, you're going to get hurt doing that. I think if we had a money line on, on an injury or no injury for Corey running down the hill, I think it's like minus 500 that he's going to be injured. Yeah. So I, I kind of want to see it though. I kind of <laughs> want to see, I, I want to see what happens if they beat Clemson. He says he's going to run down the hill. So we it's will one see. of those, it's one of those, you know, what's going to happen. He's going to get about halfway down it's going to be looking good. Then all of a sudden he's going to misstep and then arms and legs are going to be flailing all over. It's going to be like the whole, you know, the cartoons, he's going to roll head yep. over heels. The way down. Oh, this is a bad idea. Bad idea. <laughs> bad idea. Uh, before we get to our final two callers right here on the warchant.com post game show. Thank you for everybody who's uh, supported the program tonight in uh, the many ways that you have. We are going to remind you about our friends at Team Paper. What is Team Paper, you ask? It's a website created in the era of NILs to connect you to Florida State athletes. That's right connects you directly to Florida State athletes, and they're going to be expanding their protocol. You see 
the likenesses somewhat of uh, Florida State players who are currently on the roster, but they're about to expand not just to football, where they already have uh, upwards of 20 players, uh, roughly 20 players that you can get uh, these digital yearbooks from. Uh, you're also going to hear from basketball players and the Florida State softball program, which is outside of the soccer program, Gene, one of the best we have mm, yep. here in Tallahassee. So teampaper.com, 80% of every dollar that goes into the pockets of teampaper.com is redistributed right back to the players, 80%. And when you get the Tallahassee bundle, the money is spread across all of the players that are a part of the team paper partnership because the team paper, they know that in most markets, the quarterback is going to get all the money and the rest of the players don't get much else. In this instance, they were created to help spread the love across all of your favorite programs. Uh, and here in Florida State, you're going to have football, the basketball programs, and softball as well. Head to teampaper.com right now and use the code WARCHANT at checkout to save 10 bucks on the Tallahassee bundle. Or don't. If you don't want to, that means more money goes to the players. Thanks again to our friends at teampaper.com. So, Gene, we have a couple more callers on the WARCHANT.com postgame show. And our second to last one, the penultimate call, is coming from the state of Kansas, where there was a wild game between uh, Oklahoma yes. and Kansas today. We go to Eric. Eric, welcome to the WARCHANT.com postgame show. Hey, thank you so much, guys. Great show, by the way. Thank, thank you. you very much, Eric. Go ahead. So, so the momentum for Florida State, and I, yes, I'm a I might be the one Noel fan here in the state, but I'm I'm proud and loyal. Uh, but the momentum for our team is so exciting. Uh, we look so like night and day different than the Jacksonville State game. My question is, what do you see as far as the future, not only with recruiting and Hunter and, and Duffy, but other guys? What's the future for Florida State football, your opinion? Man, that, that's a wide-open question, but I'll say it's a lot better than it was a few weeks ago. Um, you yeah. know, I was always, even back then, I was like, look, I, I, when we go out and we see what we see in practice, we talk to people behind the scenes. They're very positive what Mike Norvell and the staff are doing. They're doing things the right way. They're building the foundation up, getting organized, doing things the right way. So it's been positive, but ultimately it comes down to Jimmy's and Joe's, and that's why this recruiting class is so important. And look, I know they've had a couple decommitments, but the core of the class is still intact. The Travis Hunters, the Duffies, who you mentioned, be able to keep those guys. And if Mike Norvell and the staff continue what they do and get a couple key transfers in the offseason to fill holes, look, Jermaine Johnson's going to be gone and some of these other key players are going to be gone. They need to fill those holes. I think they need another offensive lineman or two. Um, but I think the way they've been building this program, they're doing it the right way. So I think we're seeing the beginning. I, it looks like we're seeing – we expect, I hate to say, every time I've, I've said they hit rock bottom, they find a new way to do it, Tom. Because I, yeah. I really, I literally wrote that a dozen times, it seems like, in the last 10 years. And they redefine it every year. But I do finally think that Jacksonville State game was, and we're starting to see this climb go back up. We're seeing little by little, they're getting better and better in all aspects of the game. Players are building confidence. They're doing things the right way. They're being better situationally. They're bouncing back. They're not getting down when they make a bad play. They're coming back there. I mean, you saw games. I mean, you go back to Louisville. I mean, they fought from – they could have easily cashed in that game, and they they fought back. That's something they wouldn't have done a year ago. We're seeing those kind of process, and you get better talent, which, again, follow recruiting, follow the transfer market. They're doing a good job in that. They're doing things the right way. So I think the, the future is very bright for Florida State. And coincidentally or not, you're seeing that their biggest rivals, who they not only go against on the field but against the recruiting trail, and I'm talking Clemson, Florida, Miami – all seem to be on the decline at the same time. And this really defined, you go back to Jimbo Fisher, back in those early 2010s, it was the same kind of scenario where Florida State 
got up on the rise while all the rivals were going down, and he took full advantage of that. We saw the results. So um, I'm not going to get ahead of myself and say this team's going to win a national championship in a couple of years. But if you're a Florida State fan, I think you have to be very encouraged by what you're seeing with this program and what you're seeing around college football in the same area right now. Yeah, I'll, just on the ground, I see a coaching staff that's making some lemonade out of a bad situation. And it's not to say that they don't have talent on the roster. There is some, but they don't have depth in a lot of places. And I'm seeing a group that's getting better as the weeks go on. We talked about this in the preseason right here at Warchant.com. I said I was convinced after watching fall camp, this team's going to be better. I don't know what that means, but I know that I know what my eyes are telling me. This team is, is better than it was last year, and it's starting to materialize on the field. The thing I'll say about the future of the program, Eric, it's going to be built on physicality. How physical is this group compared to the way it was last year and two years ago? They get downhill, they tackle, they hit you on offense. I mean, listen, there are some things where they draw up angles and maybe things look like they're a little bit more finesse than power, but the power running game, running through you, running over you, blocking you is a big part of what we're doing. The offensive playbook is going to open up over the years as we get more playmakers here into Tallahassee. But Gene, I love that the foundation of what we're seeing mm-hmm. right now is physicality. That's awesome because we have not been physical in a very, very long time. So that's what I want to see in the future is just more of that, please. I mean, look at what we did to North Carolina. We made them quit. They had the ball. They were driving with eight minutes to go and they didn't care because we took it to them physically. And I love that about what this. That's a great was. point. And that's the thing we had after that game. A lot of people brought it up. And I thought it was a good point. That North Carolina game felt so much different than the one a year ago. Look, you upset them a year ago, but it was totally different. You had the pick six. There was a lot of fluky things, and you had to hold on for dear life in the second half. You were you did all the Florida State things, the horrible, you know, making stupid penalties, dropping passes, all the other dumb things you did in that second half of the game. And you had to take – North Carolina had to drop a couple passes or they would have won that game. Yep. But you went out, you just beat the snot out of them this year. You, you got ahead of them. You put your foot on the gas and you mash their, your, you mash their manhood. Yep. And they right. gave up at the end of the game. It was a totally different feel because you won the right way. You won because you were better than them, not because you fluked into a win. Yep. Yeah. That's and I think there's more to come of that. I don't know about this year how many games we can do that, but uh, that's you could see the blueprint. You see it, and that's the thing. You know, the first half of the season, I didn't see where we were going. I didn't see what the plan. You, it's now mm-hmm. crystal clear, and it's built through that backfield our final caller on this week's edition of the warchant.com post game show is wes in the villages we go to the land of free golf for life what's going on wes wes what's up fellas how we doing oh, how about them knolls how about, how about them wes what you got hey i apologize i got in late and i won't take long i'm a big uh stats and records guy and i don't know if anybody's mentioned this but i'll uh throw it out there anyway so that was the largest or that was the most points scored in a game since 2017. That was the largest margin of victory since 2013. And to top it off, Florida State was the first team in ACC history to start the season 0-4 to only follow that up with winning the next three games. Mm -hmm. So, hey, we're we're climbing, baby. We're climbing. Yeah, uh, there's no doubt. And, and Wes, we appreciate the call and, of course, your patience. You waited over a half an hour. uh, Oh, thank you so much, Wes. Sticking with us. Yeah, Gene, there, there were some records. You know, I, was, I looked for Mike Norvell's biggest margin of victory uh, in his head coaching career to see if he was going to tease that today. But in his first year at Memphis, uh, Memphis beat Bowling Green 77-3. to So he didn't break that record today. 
Uh, but I mean, oh, if you you're bring that up, that's my wife's alma mater. Really? Oh, so sorry. <laughs> I, won't, I won't tell her that. I won't make that mistake again. Uh, but I was looking back in, in recent years, and it was 2016 that we beat Boston College 45-7. to That's about the last time there was a resounding victory over an FBS program. An FBS, yeah. not FC, but an FBS program, and that was a Power 5 win. But you got to go back into the record books four and five years to find some of the benchmarks that we cleared today. That tells you how dire the situation has mm. been here in Tallahassee for a long time. And that's why today was so foreign. It, it's all at once, Gene, familiar and, and unfamiliar territory. Yeah. Because, I mean, we have hundreds of, of memories like this, it feels like, from yesteryear. But maybe the HDTVs weren't as cheap. And maybe the, the picture wasn't as clear. But today, we had that old feeling come back again. I don't know that we'll have it again before the end of the season. But we asked the Knowles to be mature, show up. And then go get you a win, clock in and clock out. And they did just that today. Helicopter always gets me on this. I got to get some new batteries for my uh, my light behind me. Always notices poor old Charlie Ward gets this late in the game. That light flashes off. I don't know what's going on there, helicopter. We'll work on that. Um, we'll get to it. But no, 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 you're absolutely right. It's it's definitely positive the way things are going. It's nice to blow. you Bad team. You blew out a bad team. It is what it is. It's simple, but it's like, you know what? That used to be standard. SOP back in the 90s and a lot of the 2000s. It hasn't been here the last several years, so it's nice to see. But how are you going to follow that up? It is what it is. You beat a bad team. You beat them badly. You beat them soundly. That's great. Let's go out and see what you can build on from there. There's been so much positive momentum for three straight weeks, but now you're in the meat grinder. The schedule is going to be a lot harder. It may not have been as difficult as it looked a few weeks ago. Clemson's not what they were. Florida's not what they were. Miami's certainly not what, what they were preseason ranked. Tom, for 10 straight years, has Miami underachieved? I mean, I, I don't get this nope. every year. Yeah. Have they not lived? It seems like every year they're ranked high, and I'm like, what are they doing? Yeah, they, they never have. finish where you rank them, but they do this every single freaking year. Yeah, they had the one outlier is the 10-0 and 0 with uh, Mark Richt year, and you thought that that was going to parlay into a lot of trouble for you know the landscape of recruiting the state of Florida, the balance of power between these programs, and it never amounted to much of anything. You know, that was because they beat Virginia Tech and Notre Dame in like back to back Saturday night games. But if I can remember the instance that Miami was relevant since I've been able to drive a car, you know, that's not a good sign <laughs> for that program because it's been and 20 Tom's years. He's not that young anymore. He's yeah, young I'm, compared to me, but he's not that young. I'm 35 on Monday. Yeah, I'm, uh, that's, uh, um, but that's where we are. We're, we're in a position where we can take advantage of some uh, other programs in the state. And, yeah. be and they're not garbage. They're not, that's like, the, nobody on this schedule is UMass. They're not right. even close. They're not even Jacksonville State. They're much better than that. But Florida State is a better team. I think all these games, they should be competitive. And they should all, I mean, do you think they'll be within a touchdown line of every game? Um, I think next week is it. We'll see what happens with Clemson's final. I know they're up seven and nothing. They're up seven nothing. We'll see. So the way that Clemson plays could influence that line. Let's say they win 21 10 or something like that. That might push the line eight and a half or something. But uh, under 10, I think it's safe. They're not going to be double digit underdogs in any game. They'll Correct. be favored against probably Miami. Sorry, ESPN, but they are. Screw your damn computer. That's a piece of crap. Um, they will be. And then, you know, maybe BC. We'll see what BC does here down the stretch. They might be favored in that game or it's going to be close to a pick them. So, I mean, that's the thing. You're Here's the thing. But look a year ago when you're being blown out by the pits, the Louisvilles, you're being blown off the map how far this team has come. And I know it's still not Florida State. You should be beating these teams by two touchdowns. But at least, heck, you're in every single game now. 
Yeah, uh, no doubt whatsoever. Uh, and uh, remember, everybody, if you haven't done so yet, hit the like button underneath Gene Williams. Please hit the subscribe button to our channel if you have not done so already. There's a bell right next to it. Every time we go live or bring you more content, on-demand videos, you will be alerted and you will be able to click those videos with a quickness from your homepage. We thank you so much for your support of our channel. We thank, obviously, the folks who contributed to the program today. Irish Fellow for joining us from Doe Campbell Stadium. We thank Terry who has been screening the calls all year long. And Terry gets a reprieve at 4.30 on a Saturday. Go yes. get it, Terry. Have yourself a get fun. Get it, Terry. We'll be live uh, 10 to 15 minutes after the game this time next week, around 6.37 o'clock for the uh, the conclusion of Florida State and Clemson. Hopefully we're happy yet again. And uh, one final note to uh, to Clint again, who called anytime, man. Anytime. You got man. it, buddy. Come on. And I can, someone, a couple people had asked in chat about Mike Norvell. Sometimes we bring him on during the show, but we have that, 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 Video of the post game is available right on War Chant TV. Another reason why you want to subscribe, so you can go watch it right now when we're done, including the players Jarvis Brownlee, Jordan Travis, some of those guys. You want to go ahead and watch those interviews. We got you all set up on War Chant TV, and a little, a little more than twenty four hours away, but close to that will be the Sunday Smash. I want to remind you guys That's that right. will be Ira and Corey, and by then Tampa does Tampa have the early game? Uh, Tampa has a four o'clock. It'll be Ira, oh, and- so they'll they'll be on during the at the end of the game. That is correct. It'll be Iron Jeff. Uh, just yes. But yeah, Sorry. Iron Jeff at uh, seven. Yeah. Uh, the conclusion of Bucks. I believe it's a four twenty-five kick. Mm. So yeah, it'll be right towards the end with the uh, the Bucks and the Bears. Uh, I'm sure it'll be colorful as always. We enjoy the smash, and we hope you do too. That's next up for Warchant TV. Yep. Other than the videos that Gene just told you to go click over to Warchant.com, will have columns from Corey and Ira over the next 24 hours. The PFF stat bomb, Gene. I think there's going to be a lot of green on the color coding from Pro Football Focus. You would think so. You would yep. definitely think so. If you're if you're in the red against UMass, you might want to just tra- make a transfer, put your name on the portal. I, I shouldn't say that because who knows? I mean, Jordan uh, Travis J with his special teams might be in the red, but other than that, I think it was a good performance by everybody involved. So that's a, it's a lot of fun to do those when they're all in the green because usually they're they're not so much. Here we go, everybody. It's Clemson week, and this is a gettable game. Get locked in to War Chant right here on the YouTube page and to the website. We thank everybody for uh, watching us tonight. We will talk to you next week. This has been the WarChant.com postgame call-in show. For Gene, I'm Tom. Talk to you next Saturday.